those authors, they don't know how hard it is to speak up when you're the only female, when you're the only immigrant female, or like you when you're the only person of color. Welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America, an immigrant human library, where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States and around the world. Listen in as we add another story to our immigrant human library. Today, we are adding another amazing story journey to our immigrant human library. And it is that of Eugenia Jordan. She has been with us before telling us her immigrant story. And now she's written a book and she is back to share all of that with us. So welcome, Eugenia. Here's the book. It's called Unlimited, and we're so excited to hear more about it. Welcome, Eugenia. Tell us what's been going on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Simone, uh, for having me on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for coming back to listen to my story. What's been going on? Um, since last we talked, I got laid off last June. It was the most um, unpleasant experience, not just for me, but for 600 people in the company. Mm. We all got laid off on Zoom. So when leadership failed, all those 600 people, a human, me, stepped in, in a position of leader. I created a private LinkedIn group. I posted on LinkedIn. And because I had a very strong LinkedIn brand, the network that I've built prior delivered. Those amazing humans supported not only me, but also the 600 people that got laid off. Wow. That's one thing. Started as the CMO of Telecom Info Project, worked 23 years and then became an overnight success as the CMO, most prominent industry organization in telecom. Love it, love it, love it. The culture is amazing. Our member community is amazing. What we're doing in telecom is re revolutionizing how we build networks. And also, they allow me to be me, authentic and vulnerable. And it would have been, if tip as my workplace, if they didn't support me, this wouldn't have been here. So, because that's my passion, my mission. So those three things been new, surviving the layoff, helping other people, becoming the CMO, entering the C-suite, breaking the glass ceiling, and publishing the book. Oh, oh, oh one more, fourth thing. And it just happened last week. My baby boy, the picture is right there. My baby, sweet baby <laughs> boy is off to college. Wow, congratulations. And you moved. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true, yep. In, in the midst of all that, we moved from Massachusetts to South Carolina. Love the South, people are fantastic. So I'm an introvert and I'm not like the friendliest, the fuzziest person because of where I grew up in Russia and East Coast, we're kind of, you know, tough and cold. Southerners are absolutely amazing. They're chatting me up and I have to be nice. So 
in the last six weeks living in the South, I became a chatty and nice, and I'm loving it. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. The transformation of something, losing a job, and then how that can lead you to so many things. That's amazing. It can could. you tell us a little bit about the whole world of telecom and what you do? So you are now the chief marketing officer for this new company. Like, t tell us a bit about what goes on, because I see you referencing RAN and telecom, but I have no idea. For our listeners, give us the sense for what you actually do, Eugenia. Absolutely. So I have this series um, of LinkedIn posts, things you didn't know about telecom. I post them on Friday and I educate people that don't know about telecom, about what telecom does. Telecom is telecommunications infrastructure, wireless solutions, all those cell phone towers, our cell phones that connect. So that's what telecom industry does. We build solutions that mobile operators can deploy and then end users like you and me or enterprises can utilize those solutions to have wireless connectivity. As for TIP, what we do at TIP, we're non-profit in telecom. We're standards body. And what we do is we build a community Vendors, system integrators, mobile operators, ISP, academia, with one goal in mind, to drive innovation in telecom. What does it mean? Mm -hmm. We work as a community to design roadmaps from all the participants, joint roadmaps, then test and certify those solutions so they can be deployed in the marketplace at much lower cost, more efficiently, and automated. So people like you and I can have connections anywhere we go. Wow, that's awesome. So this whole, I heard that there's an upgrade from 5G. So that's kind of like what you guys are working on, right? To making sure when we go to remote places that we have access to internet connections or telephone connection, basically, right? Absolutely. And there will be a next. So every 10 years, there is a new G in telecom. G stands for generation. So um, 1G was voice, 2G was voice and simple text messages. 3G was voice and more text messages and video. 4G was is all IP and um, voice, video lower um, latency what it means is uber was able to launch their solutions on 4g because if they were launching it on 3g then end users would be still waiting and you know the thing was spinning for them to wait for the car so as the g's become bigger the technology evolves 5g it's more immersive experiences higher throughput higher data volumes and then 6g standards are still being finalized so it's probably the next decade 2030 when we will start deploying 6g and it's going to be around indoor technology because there's 80 percent of 
wireless activity is happening indoors. Okay, very interesting. And so with so many people transitioning to working from home, the work environment is changing and so forth. I, I can see the reason behind that. So now that we have a sense for what you do and you've shared with us updates of you know what's been going on since the last time we, we heard your story, amazing transformation. You're now living in a different place. Son is off to college. You have a new book. Uh, you're now in the C-suite after a major layoff. And um, how are things going? How are things with you, Gina? So Eugenia just turned 53 years old. And 53-year-old Eugenia wants to make the 70-year-old Eugenia very proud. And that's why the book, because it took Eugenia 23 years to get on the C-suite. And the data that I'm reading is saying that gender equality, gender diversity gap is not going to be met until 150 years from now. 150 years. Wow. So I want to accelerate that. Even if I can accelerate it by 10 years, 15 years, or build an army through my book, or the work that I am doing, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what's up with me, is I found my purpose. There's an award right there. So it's, I won this award for um, being a champion of diversity in tech. In my industry in telecom, there's only 12% of women that are represented in the C-suite. And at that conference, actually, it's called Mobile World Congress, there's no lines to women's bathrooms, none whatsoever. So my personal goal, not only to shorten the 150-year-old gap, my personal goal is by the time I retire from telecom, make sure that we have lines to female bathrooms at Mobile World Congress. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And there are so many, which is interesting because there, the stats out there are saying that there's so many women graduating from university. In fact, I almost want to say I've heard something about that there's more women in uni at the university level than there are males. So how is it that we're lagging so much with women in tech? It doesn't really translate, right? Uh, you're absolutely right. So I can give you some stats, and they all in my book as well. So the stats are: we probably on parity, fifty to fifty percent in colleges, unless it's something super technical. Um, yes. But it's probably fifty percent. Then, when we enter the workforce. We're at about 35% in the um, entry levels. But then interesting thing happens. Women, they get paid less because we don't negotiate our first salaries. And there is a law of negotiation in my book and it encourages young women to negotiate because we don't, if we don't negotiate our first salary, we're creating a pay gap for ourselves 
and every other woman. So it might be 5% when we start. By the end of our career, 40, 50 years of working, the gap amounts to $1.5 million per woman. So oh ladies, goodness. question, are you willing to leave this kind of money on the table? No, I don't. Not for me. And I'm, you know, making sure that my daughter gets educated for the next generation or um, working with people in my circle to make sure that the conversation about negotiating salary and all of that is front and center when we're talking about work. So I guess that's part of the equation as to why we have um, um, this unequal pay part of it is that we don't negotiate. Exactly. That's number one. Women don't negotiate. And I applaud you, Simone, that you're teaching your little girl how to be a strong woman because she will be an inspiration to women around her young women. And we need women like you to teach young girls that they need to stand up for themselves. And that's number two, is women normally don't talk about our accomplishments. We work extremely hard. And there is an expert from my book, if I find it, I would read it because I wish every single woman would, or a young lady would listen to it. Like many of you, I learned that discussing my accomplishments was improper. I was taught to prefer modesty. I was taught to keep a low profile in regard to my own achievements, no matter how big they were. I was taught not to make waves or make myself stand out in any way. I was taught if the work project was successful, I could not claim the credit and I needed to give it to them. I was taught to downplay any praise people gave me as fast, as, as convincing as I could. Because if I did not do all that, I would be seen rude. Does it sound familiar? Very familiar. I think we all as women are walking through those, some of those conditionings every day. And uh, you get the immediate feedback if you were to step out of line as you put it in your book, right? And so it's quite a contemplation in your head as to which way do you show up? And are you willing to take on the, the reactions, the, um, the criticisms and all that goes with that when you come off as what they like to label us as aggressive or um, uppity or, you know, all the list of words that they like to use for women who speak up for themselves, right? It, that's an interesting conversation, you know, because I'm evaluating that having a daughter and she has access to do whatever she wants and trying to figure out how do you balance that with wanting to be a mother and having a home and being married and what does that look like for her in the next generation that's an interesting conversation we need to have as women you know but i think at the very least i want to make sure that whatever her potential is and wherever her joy is that she's able to express that in the world and that no one will inhibit or prevent her and tell her that she needs to be something else you know 
well said. Well said. And that's my, I wrote the book because I believe that everyone deserves to realize their full potential if they want to be in corporate world, if they want to start their own business. No one, like you said, no one should prevent them, including themselves, from achieving that dream. Yes. And that's a challenge, right? Because we don't negotiate as women. We don't play our achievements. We believe that our work is going to speak for ourselves. But it doesn't. Wow. So, Eugenia, this is this was a powerful book. I haven't made it through all the way yet, but um, the first part of it where you talk about why you wrote the book, right? And the fact that you read so you read your 30th leadership book and they were all by a certain type of uh, gender and I guess the word race, you can't exist here in the United States without using the word race, right? And so you just realized that there was a gap and you wanted to fill it. So tell it, take us from the top on the journey as to, you know, the inspiration um, behind writing this book and, and uh, how you just came about to realizing that this was the time. Why now? Great question, Simone. And I'm going to give you another piece of data. In 2021, there were more business books, leadership books written by the person named John, then women, people of color, or immigrants all combined. And, and by big, John, you're referring to John Maxwell, basically, right? It's, it's John or um, J-O-H-N or John. So um, that's a known, not John Maxwell. Oh, all okay. So all, all, all males, basically. All males wow. and all named John. So it's just coincidence, but majority of leadership books is written by men for men. And don't get me wrong. Um, I enjoy many of those books. The challenge is those books, they only resonate with me about 50% of the time because those authors, they don't know how hard it is to speak up when you're the only in the room, when you're the only female, when you're the only immigrant female, or like you, when you're the only person of color. The advice that they were giving us in those books is not relevant. It's in, in my book, I use the example of um, Goldilocks. So we needed a middle chair, middle uh, bear chair, middle uh, bear ball, because we have unique needs as women and as immigrants. And that's why this book was born. So I recognized the void that there was a need for a book to written by a female immigrant that can speak to females and immigrants and other underrepresented. And the book can make a bigger impact and eliminate that gap, the 150 year old gap that we were talking about much faster and 
what I've been doing with the book is giving it to many nonprofits that support the underrepresented. Ignite, um, they help young women to join political force. Um, fem immigrants for female immigrants. Hug diversity in Boston. And um, I just shipped a whole bunch of books to an immigrant organization in Canada. Mm. Because I want to give people like me a very important tool so that it doesn't take them 23 years to get to their dream, to get to, for them to break the glass ceiling. Yes, exactly. Very powerful. So any particular chapter throughout the book, Eugenia, that you'd like to highlight um, why people need to pick up? Um, this book and, and you know what are some of the nuggets that you share throughout the book so though the book is written for underrepresented individuals and it's a tool for them how to control their own destiny because I do believe though this system does exist we need to control our own destiny create self-awareness learn how to negotiate, how to use our voice, find the right mentors and sponsors. So this book is a great gift if you have a mentee who is underrepresented or if you're thinking of sponsoring someone in your organization who is underrepresented, get them this book. I actually have a friend of Canada, she got this book for her new hires because she remembered me 30 years ago in Canada, a young, exciting, you know, um, immigrant with lots of potential. And now she's giving it to first and second generation immigrants, telling them that she knew me back then when I was working with her in a store. So that's for, so it's, if you have mentees, get them this book. And the other one, what surprised me the most on the journey with the book, how allies, men, they support me on my journey. Every time I put a call out for to find more organizations I can support, men reach out, tag mm. themselves, put me in touch with those organizations. So it's for allies as well. If you want to help to change the face of leadership, get this book. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. I, I want to read a line here. It says, I see myself in so many immigrants, women and underrepresented people. I was unsure. I was shy. I did not know what my superpower was and how to navigate the waters of corporate America. I did not know how to fit in. So many immigrants, women, and people of color do not know how. But they do have the desire to succeed. They deserve to succeed like everyone else. Exactly. So powerful. And then, and then another one you say, because you can become unlimited and because you are worth it, we want to be known in this world for something rather than where we came from or what we look like. That was very powerful for me. Many onlys in leadership roles pave the way for you. Apply the laws, unlimit yourself, and you will do the climb in half the time. 
Amen to that. And I know this might, are my own words, but you and I were on a mission to change the face of leadership and we might be the first ones in the room, the only ones in the room, but we're making sure we're not the last ones. Oh my goodness. Powerful, powerful, powerful words. Georgina, I know I'm looking at the time and I wanted to give you a moment. If, if you have anything additional that you'd like to add, you know, you guys go out and get the book, support Eugenia, a fellow immigrant from Russia now here for what? Three decades? 20, almost 27 years. Yes. 27 yeah. years, right? From, from Russia to Canada to the U.S she it, it details a bit about her personal journey where she found herself in an abusive relationship for six years she chose to leave and become became a single mom with a little boy who just went off to college worked her way up from the bottom starting at a grocery store and later on a secretary and working her way up and now she just became chief marketing officer after being laid off and has now published her book. So you guys go out and get it. Um, I know it's available on Amazon. Tell people how they can get a copy of your book, Eugenia. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and for every book purchased, I donate one to the organizations that empowers immigrants, people of color, or women. So by buying this book, you support my mission, Simone's mission, in changing the face of leadership. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And to basically get more access to young females, right, who has, they have the talent, the aspiration, the drive, they have the qualifications making that path for them a bit easier and to make sure that they do get that access that is a, and lower it from 150 years right that 150 years 150 yes that is just amazing stat that i'm hearing i had no idea oh, it's sad i just saw that i think the last black lady who was in um a CEO of one of the top uh, 500, Fortune 500 companies, I think she was at Walgreens that she resigned. So currently there's no no other African, anybody from African descent who is heading uh, as a CEO of any companies. And so we understand the job might have been quite the challenge for her, I'm sure. And, and it was her own decision, but my goodness. Um, we know we have a lot of young, talented young ladies coming up, and we just hope that this book will open the door for the conversations to happen. Many a conversations at dinner table, in the boardroom, uh, in nonprofit rooms, wherever, so that people become aware of the challenges that exist for young women and how we can help to pave the way for them. Any final words, Eugenia, that you'd like to leave our listeners and, and how they can reach you and, and offer any other further support to you? Thank you for that. Um, so I have a website, Eugenia Jordan. I can be reached on LinkedIn, Eugenia Jordan, Instagram and Facebook as well. And one parting thought is for all of you listeners out there, if you, wanna, if you want to climb the ladder, 
if you want to build a business, ask yourself one question. Why not you? You're smart. You're educated. You have the drive. Go out there and get what you want. Well said. And you are in the environment in the United States where there are so many resources and things available to you. Technology in 2023, so much available. Please open your eyes and don't be let fear or anything else prevent you from really, as Eugenia say, go get it. So this is awesome. Thanks so much, Eugenia, for joining us on the show. It's been a pleasure hearing about your book, Unlimited. Beautiful cover. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure to have you a second time on the show. And we'll be watching and wishing you much success with this book on your uh, book tour or whatever comes with the doors that will be open as a result of you writing this book. Thank you. Friends, as always, please subscribe, comment, and share if you enjoyed this interview. If you're passionate about telling immigrant stories, our team is looking for help. If you're willing to help with podcast production, social media, or Patreon management, please reach out to us. You can also donate on our Patreon if it's easier for you. All the links are in the description below. Thank you. We thank our listeners around the world, and we appreciate your continued support as we build our human library. Please remember to give us a five-star review, subscribe, and share with your friends, family, and circle of influence.